Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's the video version that goes up on the YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You'll get alerted for when new videos are going up as full episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. But I've been releasing a lot of other videos throughout the week as well too. So hit that subscribe button. But the audio-only version goes up earlier than that. So if you go and find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms just by searching Twasm or T-Watches a Scary Movie, the audio-only version of the episode will be up at least 30 minutes prior to the video version. Sometimes get that up hours in advance. So subscribe to your podcasting platforms for Twasm or T-Watches a Scary Movie as well for all those updates. But the best way to stay up-to-date with everything, whether it's audio versions, videos, TikToks, whatever it is, written reviews on Letterboxd is to go to the link tree. Go to linktr.ee slash T scary movie and that'll give you the direct links to all of my social media stuff. YouTube, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Apple Music, iTunes, Letterboxd, Twitter, whatever you need to follow me and check out all the stuff I'm talking horror. Get subscribed to the link tree. That will keep you up to date. So what are we talking about tonight, folks? Well, it is August 30th. That's right, y'all. That means we have one more day left here in August, and then the Halloween season begins. At least for me, the Halloween season begins September 1st. So it's coming up this Friday. And because of that, I decided that, you know what? We're going to start by giving y'all some suggestions of movies you can catch on your streaming platforms this weekend coming up, because we're going to do that every week moving forward, is that I'm going to give you some suggestions to check out on your streaming platforms. You can find the best horror so you can keep yourself entertained coming up over the next couple months of the Halloween season. Now, tonight, I'm just going to give out a few, just a handful here for you, but next week, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to start giving you enough movies to keep you occupied the entire week as our own Halloween Horror Movie Marathon is going to set to begin next Tuesday. That's right. Next Tuesday, that's going to begin in our Discord. So anybody that wants to join along, you know, obviously just head on to the Discord channel and you can join and watch movies with us because we're going to be doing that Monday through Thursdays moving forward for the next two months, folks. So you don't want to miss out on that. But I'm going to give you some suggestions on some movies you can check out for yourself here on some of those streaming platforms that are out there. And then I have now watched the Scream 3 assembly cut in full. And as we just got done having another amazing installment in the Scream franchise this year, we got ourselves Scream 6 and Scream 7 is hot on work right now, even though we're in the middle of a strike. So why not? I'm going to go back and tell you all about some of the differences that are here in the Scream 3 assembly cut. So let's just jump right into it here, and I'm going to start y'all off with some great suggestions you can check out for yourself on your streaming platforms this weekend. So as the Halloween season gets started off, you're going to be looking for all the scary and creepy things that you can watch so you have a chance to get yourself in the right mood to celebrate Halloween the right way. And if you're like me, folks, that means you want to be watching spooky stuff as soon as possible. And of course, we've been watching it all year, but now... It's kind of acceptable to do this every single day moving forward. So let's talk about what you can check out right now. Now I want you to keep in mind, 
going to justwatch.com is going to be the best idea for you if you're trying to stay up to date with where all of these movies are being uh, being streamed at. Because that's the big thing here is that streaming rights change all the time. So something I tell you right now might not be accurate within even a week or so. So use justwatch.com. That'll let you know where you can find any of these movies that I'm telling you to go and check out right now. We're going to start here simple though. We're going to start on what you can check on Netflix. And because it's only week one of the spooky season of the Halloween season here, we're going to keep things rather light. So in movies, my suggestion for you to check out this week is the movie Day Shift starring Jamie Fox. Now, you might have caught this film last year when it debuted in the month of August, uh, telling the story here about a man who, uh, d who d uh, moonlights as a vampire killer and goes around uh, Los Angeles killing various vampires as like an extermination service. It was a lot of fun, honestly. Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco make for a tremendous pair. Um, it's honestly not that scary and it fits the summer vibe very well as the vampires in this story. They're still really, really cool. They're still very brutal. The weapons and the fight scenes in it will definitely whip that whistle for those y'all are still looking for things to be a little bit more action orientated and focused as we head into these fall months. But you got vampires, you have a hilarious, hilarious Jamie Foxx who seems right at home hunting him down as well too. We talked about this movie last year on the show and my review, there'll be a link to it up top so you guys can go and check out my full thoughts on it. But I had a lot of fun with this movie, honestly, and even though it is rated R, it's one of those R-rated ones that, you know, you could probably show like your uh, teenagers and it's not gonna be that big of a deal. I have kids, so I could say that freely, obviously, do with that. What you will but this is a more one of those suitable r-rated films for y'all to watch and check out for sure next up on hulu the movie prey yeah we talked about this one last year as well too was the latest installment in the predator franchise this one actually working as a prequel uh, prequel of sorts if you will even though technically it doesn't really need to be but in this film set long before the events of the first predator film this talks about how a different predator warrior comes and uh comes to uh, not attack but comes to do its hunt on earth and encounters a comanche tribe and about one young woman who will look to find a way to prove her place amongst her tribe in a battle against this warrior again Another film that kind of fits with this like end of summer type of theme, honestly, uh, it's still very much creepy as the Predator movies are because until the actual Predator start, stops cloaking himself or is cloaking itself and hunting around all these characters there, the whole cat and mouse game with the invisibility and everything can still be super, super creepy. Plus, this film is still uber violent, Predator versus Bear, for the win, there's still limbs being cut off, there's still blades going through people. It is a amazing, amazing film that is actually getting a physical release this fall. I got the 4K Steelbook already pre-ordered right now. I'm so excited for this thing to come in. But Prey is a perfect film for you to check out on Hulu right now if you're looking for a little bit more blood and gore, but you're trying to stay light on your scares. What else do we have for you? On Prime, you can check out the film 
Beast, starring Idris Elba, story about a man and his young daughters who are uh, vacationing in Africa and unfortunately find themselves caught in the path of a lion looking to kill all of them. And uh, this film itself, you know, creature, uh, creature feature is not the right word, but those kind of animal films, whether it be a shark, a crocodile, a lion, these films always tend to be more effective because even though they might be outlandish, it's still something more realistic than a monster or a serial killer in a mask coming in trying to kill you. And therefore, the tension in these films typically ends up being a bit higher. Honestly, it's a very serviceable thriller. Idris Elba is the dad amongst dads, obviously, so we can root for him the entire time. This lion is trying to kill him and kill his kids as well, too. Uh, it's definitely one that's worth checking out. I missed the chance to go see a pre-screening of it last year, which totally bites, but at the same time, I did get a chance to actually go check the thing out the moment it hit video, and it really, really is a really fun and thrilling film. So you can check Beast out right now on Prime for yourself. Uh, over on Max, you can go catch yourself the Forever Purge. Yes, this is another one that I've talked about that I've had a chance to review here on the show. Uh, this movie is my favorite, I believe, in the Purge franchise. Uh, to be quite honest, these films as a whole are more missed than they are hit. I think that uh, the film The Purge Anarchy, which starred Frank Grillo for a while, was like the high point of the series because I don't think the horror of the franchise honestly has worked as well as they might have intended it to be and it's more of a thriller or suspense film than it is just straight up horror. But the Forever Purge kind of reignited reignited some of those like horror, horror uh, uh, characteristics about the franchise because it's taken a lot of the politics that we're dealing with in today's world with the segregation, how we feel about immigration and things like that. And it puts it into this hyper-realistic, hyper-violent reality to where we know things can only go one specific way. Um, you got Josh Lucas in there. You got Cassidy Freeman in there as well too. It's a fantastic cast honestly and it's the only Purge film in quite some time that actually held me held my interest throughout the entire movie. Another good summer watch there. Again light on the thrills even though it does add more than the Purge series has had in quite a while but the kills and the blood and the gore is definitely there for those of y'all who are craving a little bit of that. So now we're going to turn our eyes over to Shudder. And on Shudder, you can check out right now the summer of 84, where a group of young kids are convinced that their next door neighbor is a potential serial killer. And they're trying to find the evidence to prove what they think is the reality of the situation. Finally, on Screenbox, Timed with the release of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game on consoles and on PC, you can go and catch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Now folks, I'd be lying if I told you that was my favorite film. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think all these Texas Chainsaw Massacre films honestly are on the same, wave, well, same, same wavelength when it comes to quality. I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. I think they're all just as good and they're all just as bad as well too, honestly. But if you want to see the movie that started it all, see Leatherface and all his glory and the craziness of his family, then you gotta go and check out the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, especially because it'll get you in the mood to get your ass whooped by me and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. So you can catch that right now 
on Screenbox. So folks, those are some suggestions for you. I gave you six movies you could check out this coming weekend. That's gonna keep you tied up here until next Wednesday when I'm gonna have another set of movies for you to check out as well too. Again, check out justwatch.com as well for updates on where all these films are streaming as it might not be accurate from the time that you're watching this show. And that's gonna do it for my suggestions this week, folks. Don't go too far though, because when I'm back, we're gonna be talking Scream 3, The Assembly Cut. Hey everybody, looking for a great way to stay up to date on horror news as well as read the best of articles on anything scary out in the world right now? Then you need to head over to the Fangoria shop and get yourself a subscription. If you go to shop.fangoria.com slash AXDW, you can use my own personalized 20% discount to save 20% off on Fangoria Magazine subscriptions, as well as 20% off any other items in their fantastic shop. This is a great deal. If you've ever been wanting to get yourself a subscription, now is the time to do so. Head to shop.fangoria.com slash AXDEW. Hey everybody, welcome back to T Watches a Scary Movie, and as promised, I am here to discuss the th uh, Scream 3 Assembly Cut. Now y'all know, I am a huge, huge, huge Scream fan. I love Ghostface, I grew up with this series, and it's really cool to see the way that the Scream franchise is still flourishing out there. We have our whole new set of characters, of heroes, and of villains, different Ghostface masks, like it's just pandemonium these days. But back in the day, a long time ago, Scream 3 was going to be the end of all of this. You know, we didn't live in a world to where anything but like, and I, I say this lovingly, I do say this very lovingly, but these high profile horror franchises were not the ones that were getting all of these entries. It was typically going to be ones that had uh, either gone into direct to video or at that point, weren't uh, they weren't being taken that seriously anymore. By the time Screen 3 had come out, the Nightmare on Elm Street series was dead. Friday 13th series was dead, even though yes, we did get Jason X just a few years later, but uh, it had been a few years since we had gotten a nightmare film. It, it would still be a few years before we get Freddy vs. Jason or anything. And so again, this was kind of it. And this is one of the more uh, larger franchises out there that was coming to an end. And there was a lot of controversy uh, controversy surrounding that when Scream 3 came out. Uh, for starters, there was a lot of talk about Nev Campbell's uh, amount of time in the film because she still had all these other commitments because she was blowing up big at the time. Uh, there was a lot of talk about the tone of the film being interfered, interfered with with the Weinsteins quite a bit, which they are notorious to do. And therefore, uh, those of y'all who have seen the theatrical version, which I still do absolutely love, the movie came out more like a dark comedy a thriller a suspense movie rather than it did the horror film of the first two entries and so for the longest time there have been all this talk from various people who have worked on the film other fans like myself as well who had uh, been told and assured there have been all this other footage out there other scripts which is not uncommon for a scream film uh unresolved plot lines things like that that didn't up end up in that film and granted there are a number of deleted scenes and alternate scenes on the dvd release and now the blu-ray release for sure that's definitely out there but 
not just a completely different version like we're used to seeing with a lot of director's cuts these days. And a few weeks ago, it was said that somebody had managed to get a hold of the assembly cut of Scream 3, which is essentially an assembly cut is like one of the first versions of the movie you put together initially. There's not a finished score. If there are special effects, typically they're not done as well either. You're usually taking like first takes a lot of time as well too. You're basically just putting up, putting together a rough cut of the film itself but a lot of folks have been talking about how this version does actually offer a number of changes from the theatrical version could this be the one that a lot of folks have been claiming for a while might actually feature angelina as our second killer in the film who knows but i got a chance to actually get it downloaded before it got cleared off the web and uh, get a watch with it and I wanted to share my thoughts with you about it, tell you about the differences, and ultimately give you my overall thought about the film as a whole. Now I should say, before I jump into it, that I would give the theatrical version of Scream 3 a four, honestly. I don't think this franchise as a whole will ever dip below a four for me because they're all phenomenal films. And I think that four is honestly the lowest I can do because even Scream at its worst is still better than a hell of a lot of other horror films that are out there. And honestly, I have been a Scream 5 fan for a long, long time at this point. Believe it or not, it has always been in the top three of my entries in the series, which up to three, obviously that's pretty easy. When four came around, still pretty easy. When five came around, pretty easy. Six came around, pretty easy, honestly. It's not a knock on those other movies, but I just like Scream 3 a hell of a lot. So let's jump right into it. Now, I talked about some of this stuff in previous shows here before, but the opening is completely different. Now, you might remember in the theatrical version, you know, we get introduced to Cotton Weary. He's in his car. He's talking to his agent or a producer or somebody about his Hollywood career and about a role he's interested in and about his frustration with being cast in Stab 3 at that point. Um, and then he gets a phone call from a random woman. Turns out that this random woman is actually Ghostface, who is looking for the location of Sidney Prescott. Cotton doesn't know. Cotton races home to, uh, to find his girlfriend and save her life. And uh, we get to see his girlfriend, Christine, and Cotton both interact with Ghostface before they're both eventually killed. Now, it's a, it's a fine scene. There was nothing wrong with that opening at all. But this assembly cut gives us something very much different. First of all, Cotton is way more of an asshole in this scene discussing uh, his career with his agent producer, whoever it is, to where it seemed like they toned some of that down for the theatrical version. And I found it interesting only because we don't know a lot about Cotton Weary. Like the implication is Cotton was a, Cotton was a douchebag prior to the events of the original Scream movie, hooking up with Maureen Prescott and everything. But we don't get to see that side of him in Scream 2. Like he's a guy who was wrongfully accused, spent some time in jail, and rightfully so has a chip on his shoulder from the shit that he's had to deal with and scream three it's very interesting like seemingly shows us that success has gone to cotton's head and you combine that with the kind of person he probably was before scream and the assembly cut gets a, gives us a better idea of this total douchebag that cotton ultimately is now the call still comes in uh from this random woman and in this call, Cotton is portrayed to be even more sleazier at this point as well, too. Though, what is interesting 
is that the call has a completely different tone to where everything is centered around Sidney Prescott and the theatrical version of Scream 3. But as we get to see both in this opening and throughout the film is that while the ghost face is still very much focused on Sidney, Ghostface is still concerned about carrying out their own plot as well too which in this case seems to be making a movie so the call is more sinister it's more scary it seems like the type of opening we get from uh like from the previous two scream movies which was really really good Cotton also gets this extended like car chase sequence, which is very, very short in theatrical version. Uh, yeah, they actually gave like gave Leaf Schreiber this like very like thrilling like chase all throughout LA trying to race home to uh to save save his girlfriend Christine, which I thought like, all right, cool. Like we haven't had that in a screen movie, so whatever, let's do it now. Works for me. It, it's all fine. Uh, now again. Christine does feature in the theatrical version, played by Kelly Rutherford. There's an interaction with Cotton once he shows up back at their home. There's interactions with Ghostface in there as well, too. But Christine doesn't get screen time in this assembly version. So Cotton gets home. There's a phone call with Christine where she tells him that she received her own call and she was told that Cotton was going to meet her at the Starbucks down the street. Cotton tells her to call uh, call the police and just to stay there. And then we ultimately find that Christine is dead, that Cotton was talking to the killer as he finds her body in a uh, different door in their home before Ghostface rushes in and kills Cotton. Now, it's interesting because again theatrical version cotton actually gets a fight with ghostface okay like it's not like this long drawn out fight but there is an actual fight scene between cotton and ghostface and cotton's clearly like able to hold his own at that point but in the assembly version it's very clear that ghostface catches cotton off guard and that's how cotton gets killed and honestly i like this beginning more just because of the fact that it is really, really, really similar to what we get in Scream 1 and Scream 2. You know, it's a victim who doesn't have a chance to really fight for themselves. They don't really have much else to do with the rest of the story. And again, because we're not getting the mentions of Sidney Prescott in this opening, that it really is just a scary sequence of Cotton Weary, this hero we've known from Scream 2 at this point, meaning his untimely demise. And it adds more scares to this film, which is something that it desperately, desperately needed. And so, therefore, that beginning, so much better than what we get in the theatrical version. Definitely the way that you want to go. Now, past that, because I'm only trying to point out the big differences from the assembly cut to the theatrical version, a lot of the movie does stay the same. So I just, I'm going to get ahead of this right now and let you know that uh, there is no two killers in this version. Roman is still the still the killer ultimately the motivation is still the exact same as well too while this opening is very different and there's a few more changes that i'm going to discuss here in just a moment as well too it's mostly the same movie that you've seen with a lot of different cuts and some added dialogue in there okay so something very much to keep in mind this is not going to change the movie as a whole for a lot of you if you didn't like scream 3 i think you might like this version a little bit more because it is scarier but that's a big if because you're watching an unfinished product at that point. Now, uh, after that, in the theatrical version, we immediately get introduced to Sydney at her ranch. And then we cut over to Gail's introduction, doing the lecture, meeting Detectives Kincaid, uh, Kincaid and Wallace. 
But in this version, we actually meet Gail first. So we go through Gail's entire sequence with the lecture and the question from the student and then being informed of Cotton's death by Detectives Kincaid and Wallace. Uh, so we get that scene first this time instead. And then we cut to Sydney. And what's interesting is, is that Sydney's scene is now completely interrupted because in the theatrical version, we get the introduction to Sydney, uh, her on a ranch with her dog, Cherokee, going to do the work as uh, the crisis hotline counselor. And then it cuts to Gail. And then after Gail's scene, it cuts right back to Sydney and she learns about Cotton's death. But here in the assembly cut, we get all of Gail's scene. And then those two scenes for Sydney are together. They're back to back. Sydney starts her shift as the crisis hotline worker and then immediately goes to her finding out about Cotton's death just a little bit later after her shift is done. I think the pacing of this introduction for Sydney works better because there's no reason for it to be broken up like that. Like, it very much seems that the theatrical version, if anything, was downplaying Sydney's role more than this assembly cut, which is so interesting based on all the stuff that's come out about Scream 3 over the years. It's very interesting that this assembly cut seems to do a much better job of featuring Nev Campbell as Sydney than the theatrical version really does. Because I've said it before, the theatrical version is Dewey and Gale's movie. It is 100% Dewey and Gale's movie. They are the lead characters for sure, but... This version 100% actually seems like uh, Sydney is just as important as Dewey and Gale. So that's an interesting quirk to have in this film. Because I didn't mind Dewey and Gale being the main characters at all. So the pacing is much better in the assembly cut with Sydney's introduction. Later on, um, in the theatrical version... We see there's a scene where Sydney's talking to her father, Neil, who's returned in this film about Cotton's death, as well as a little bit about Marine as well, too. And then later on, we get that nightmare sequence to where she has a nightmare of Ghostface killing her mom and then breaking into her house. And then she wakes up and we cut to uh, Sun, uh, Sunrise Studios. Yeah, Sunrise Studios. Here in this film, it's actually played in reverse, and we actually get another scary sequence added to it as well, too. In this version, rather than start with Sydney talking with Neil, Sydney's asleep and has the nightmare where Ghostface attacks her mom and then breaks into the house. Sydney wakes up, but then she hears a noise in her house, so she grabs her gun and goes to investigate and finds her father coming in uh, to have dinner with her. And then the conversation proceeds about Cotton's death and about Maureen. And again, I have to go with the assembly cut here just because it adds another sequence, to, another scary sequence to the film, which as I've already said, they are solely missing. While it's not vital, it still shows the PTSD that Sydney is very much in and that her precautions have gone up even more to where now she owns a gun. It, it just, it plays for the character very, very well. And it's something to where, while it might not be vital, it seems like it doesn't hurt the film or Sydney's characterization either on that. So I don't know. I feel like that should have stayed there. Beyond that, uh, the only other big, uh, the, the, there's two other big, big differences to pull up. Tom, Angelina, and Tyson get an added scene um, after the depths of Cotton and Sarah where they're discussing what that means for the film and who could be next. This is a scene that should have stayed in the film. Again, it's not vital to the story in the least bit, but Tom, Tyson, and Angelina are afterthoughts in uh, the theatrical version of Scream 3, like that expanded cast, or, extend, or extended cast, whatever you call them, they don't exist. They claim they exist there. They do not exist in that, in the theatrical version. So this scene 
absolutely would have given them some actual character work to actually work with in the film it should have stayed in there it's not a long scene it's about a minute long i want to say maybe two minutes should have stayed in the movie absolutely should have stayed in the film uh especially because this assembly cut goes for two hours and 20 minutes it should have been there it definitely should have been there but interestingly enough and one that i'm sure a lot of you could have guessed randy's video that uh, uh martha his sister shares with sydney gale and dewey this scene is extended as well too now the stuff that's in the actual version is still definitely there but what's kind of interesting about this version that we get here is that randy seem seemingly has a lot of extra rules that he's discussing here with sydney and gail and dewey and everybody and it's a much more interactive piece there's more uh jokes between martha and randy in this version which play very well but ultimately for once that the actual version actually did a better job on this. I love Randy. I think Jamie Kennedy is fantastic in the role. I thought Randy was great in Scream 1 and Scream 2. And I thought the cameo in the theatrical version worked and served its purpose for spelling out the rules. But the issue here in the assembly cut is that Randy is given all these additional kind of like sub rules to give out as well too. Which very very interesting randy reiterates that the rules of the first movie are still important across every sequel no drinking no drugs no sex don't say i'll be right back all that typical stuff to the point to where there's even an additional scene to where sydney's going to the bathroom where she has the interaction with angelina where she says i'll be right back and dewey calls her out on it and i'm glad they cut it out because we only need our three rules as it is but then it kind of invalidates things about Scream 2. It invalidates things about the franchise moving forward as well. And it just seems out of place. So I'm very happy that that got taken out because while we all love Randy, it just would have been out of place being there, honestly. It just doesn't fit the way that it should. Now, beyond that, there is some added dialogue and like some very short scenes that are added that help to add to the idea that Milton or Angelina could potentially be the killers, uh, be killers with Roman in the film or just the killers themselves. Uh, Sydney's conversation with Angelina definitely comes off more stalkerish and more obsessed than it does with Angelina just being very sincere in the theatrical version. And Dewey, Jennifer, and Gail scene in Milton's office where he's talking about Maureen going to all the orgies and stuff like that. That ends very sinisterly in this assembly cut where Milton seems to have the upper hand compared to the actual version where it just kind of like peters out at that point. So the assembly cut does a good job of giving us more suspects, but just like in the, in the theatrical version, there's not a lot that makes sense in the deciding who the killer can end up being. And I don't say that negatively. I'm happy with Roman as the killer, but I was hoping that this would actually end up showing us somebody else. Something even, uh, even more interesting is that you might remember towards the end in the theatrical version, uh, Kincaid shows up, gets knocked out by Ghostface, the rest of the movie happens, and during Sydney's fight with Roman, Kincaid shows back up to try to help her again, gets knocked out, and then, uh, yeah, there's the whole thing where Roman shoots Sydney with a bulletproof vest, and, you know, uh, like, then they start the whole phone call thing over. That's not in the film here. Kincaid's knocked out to the end of the film. Like he shows back up at the ending at the epilogue at Sydney's house. But when Kincaid gets knocked out by Ghostface, uh, when he first shows up at Milton's mansion, that's it for him. And he's not featured for the rest of this finale. And 
I thought that was interesting because I thought for a second they might have Kincaid show up as like a second killer here. And I'm sure that was probably the idea is that by keeping him out, it serves the idea that Roman still might not be working alone, but he just doesn't show back up. Sydney doesn't get shot. There is no gun trading or anything like that. And that's the end of it. The movie as a whole doesn't do anything revolutionary to change what you've seen about Scream 3, as I've already said, but it is a really, really, really fun Easter egg to go and watch this after over 20 years of hearing rumors and reports about how this movie was supposed to be so different, and it's very clear that the assembly cut is much darker and much scarier. If you get a chance, I do recommend Scream fans checking this out because this version of the film does fall more in line with literally all the other entries of the series that we've got. But that said, I don't think this is going to stop me from enjoying the theatrical version of Scream 3. Honestly, if I could take the opening from this assembly cut and put that with the theatrical version of Scream 3, along with maybe Sydney's introduction as well and that dream sequence, the extended one with the chase, I think I would be happy with that and can live with the theatrical version. But check it out for yourself. If you've had a chance to see the assembly cut, tell me what you think in the comments. And if you haven't, tell me what you think of the theatrical version of Scream 3 in the comments as well too. But folks, that's going to do it for me tonight. I appreciate you tuning in. Next week, I'm going to be back with all new suggestions for you for new horror films for you to watch while our Halloween season is getting started. And... I'll show you off my lighting setup at my house because we do Halloween big around here. Folks, that's it though. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. Hey everybody, I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode, movie review, game review, whatever it is now at this point. Don't forget, you want to get subscribed to my official channel so you can stay up to date for when I'm dropping new episodes, reviews, news, whatever it is. The best way to do that is get subscribed to my link tree. That's going to be linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. Again, linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. That'll keep you up to date with new videos, podcast links for the audio-only version, as well as my letterbox, where you can find written reviews. Get subscribed, and don't forget, keep watching scary movies, folks. Stay scared.